Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. We are uh, in a series called The Dwelling Place, and we are focusing on what it means to be a person of God's presence and what it means to be a people of God's presence. I feel like the Lord's led us into a season of focusing on um, those things. We've been talking about revival, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and there's been some good, good messages in this series. Today will be part four. If you've missed any of these messages, you can go to citylights.church and you can um, listen to those messages. We also have a YouTube channel where you can um, watch them. Um, but last week, Pastor uh, Matt Tarka, who's one of our overseers, he did a message called The Cornerstone of Revival. That was a good message. How many were here for that? If you missed that message, uh, do yourself a favor and, and go listen to that online. It was, it was a good one. But today we're going to do part four, and I want to talk about something that some of you are familiar with, some of you, um, this is going to be kind of a new concept for, so some of you this will be elementary, some of you this will be brand new, but I want to talk to you about the personality of the Holy Spirit, okay, the personhood and the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a personality, um, Many Christians think of the Holy Spirit as a force or an influence or an it. But he is not an it. He is a he. He is a person, right? And we're going to talk about the the characteristics of a personality, what makes someone a person. There are whole denominations that give hardly any attention to this third person of the Trinity. They believe in God the Father, awesome, God the Son, and many times they're like, and and the Holy Bible, right? How many know... The Bible's amazing. The Bible's important. We, 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 we read the Bible, um, but it takes God, the Holy Spirit, to take what is in Scripture and turn it into a reality in our hearts. Amen? We need God, the Holy Spirit. So we believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. This is called the Trinity. God is, God is three persons. I'm not going to do a message on the Trinity, and that's, in, in many ways, the, the Trinity is uh, not my daughter. <laughs> we named her after that. Um, in many ways, the Trinity is a mystery. There's one, one God. Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one, right? We are not a polytheistic religion. We are a monotheistic religion. But God, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are one, but they're three, but they're three, but they're one. And it's a mystery, <laughs> but um, this is Christianity. This is what we believe. We believe that God has, th- there's three persons in the Godhead, but they're one. They honor one another. They serve one another. And it's a beautiful thing. There's perfect unity and perfect harmony among the Godhead. You don't have God the Father doing one thing and God the Holy Spirit doing something else and Jesus over here doing that, right? They're one, okay? So not talking about that today, but we are talking about one of the most misunderstood members of the Godhead, which is God the Holy Spirit. And what I want to start with is saying this. There are dangers in believing in, and you know, in in charismatic, Pentecostal, spirit-filled circles, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The power of the Holy Spirit is good. But there's dangers in believing in the power of the Holy Spirit without having known the Spirit himself, without having an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit himself. If we think of the Holy Spirit as a mere power or an influence or an it, our constant thought will be, how can I get more of the Holy Spirit? All right? I'm not against prayers like, more, Lord. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I'm not against anything like that. But if we think of him in the biblical sense as he is, as a divine person that we can know and have a relationship with, our our prayer will be, Holy Spirit, how can you have more of me? Right? 
the idea, the concept of using God or gods is actually really a heathen concept. You know, I'm going to invoke God to get this and do that. But the idea of being used by the person of the Holy Spirit is a, is a Christian concept. So our goal as Christians, our goal as believers is actually surrendering to him. He wants to use you. He wants to flow through you. Our goal should be surrendering to him, okay? And so, um, for example, you'll remember in, in the book of Acts, chapter um, 19, there was these guys called the seven sons of Sceva. And they tried to invoke the name of Jesus. To, they you know, saw the apostles driving out demons, and they tried to invoke the name of Jesus to drive out uh, demons. So they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try that. In Jesus' name, you know. But these guys got their lunch ate. Right? They tried to invoke the name of Jesus without having known and had a personal relationship with Jesus. Right? They weren't walking with him. There's a similar problem, I, I believe, um, with Christians who try and invoke the power of the Holy Spirit without having known who the Holy Spirit is as a person. And um, inevitably, we will miss the mark when we do that. Okay? Because when we walk with the one who is love, we will become love. And then when our acts and our deeds that God flows through us will be in love. Right? If we get off of that, then what are we doing anyway? Okay, so we don't want power without intimacy. We want them both, right? Um, in, the, in the Bible, it says of Moses that Moses was acquainted with the ways of God, Israel with the deeds of God. So Moses knew God intimately. He, he knew his ways. The children of Israel who were far off, at that time, you know, the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out and they couldn't have a relationship with him yet. But the, the children of Israel were far off, and they saw the deeds of God. They saw the acts of God. They saw the power of God, but they didn't know the ways of God. They didn't have an intimate relation, relationship with him personally. And so we want both. We want to know this, this amazing, beautiful, powerful person of the Holy Spirit, and we want him to flow through us. And so that's kind of the goal of our message today is that we would develop. It would be kind of an encouragement and a kickstart to you to develop a personal, intimate relationship with this third person of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit. Many, many Christians, they think, oh yeah, I have a relationship with God the Father. Awesome. I have a relationship with God the, um, God the Son. And we relate to God the Son, right? Because he came to this earth, he became man. You know, that's relatable. And then the Father, we can relate to a Father. But how do we relate to a Spirit? Many people struggle with that from time to time. So my, the goal of my, our message is, yeah, to provoke you to begin to foster an intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. But I want to show you beyond reason today that the Holy Spirit is not just a force, not just an influence, but actually a divine person, okay? He's a divine person who's worthy of all the same affection, dedication, and honor as God the Father and God the Son, okay? So someone here might say, well, but Pastor Kurt, if I'm honoring one of the members of the Godhead, aren't I honoring all of them? Um, well, yes, in the sense that God is one, you are. You know, it's okay to pray to God the Father. It's okay, it's okay to pray to God the Son. It's okay to pray to God the Holy Spirit. Um, but I believe without understanding who the Holy Spirit is as a person, we will be limited in knowing how to surrender to this person and how to um, have him flow through us. And so <clears throat> one of the main reasons why people don't associate well with the person of the Holy Spirit is because we think of personhood as somebody. You know, we say someone's a nobody, I mean, it's literally two words, no body. You have no body. You're nobody, right? Are you somebody? I have a body. So, yes, I'm a somebody. That's how, we, that's how we think in terms of a person being a person is that they have a body. Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a body. Well, he might have yours, hopefully, right? 
So we, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a body, but there are divine, there, I should say, there are characteristics of a personality that the Holy Spirit has, and we want to talk about those today. Um, how many have read the book Horton Hears a Who? You're familiar with, or seen the movie Horton Hears a Who? It's a Dr. Seuss book. And there's a, there's a point in the book where, you know, the elephant has this, I don't know, flower or whatever, and he realizes that there's, and the person's living on it, right? And the line is that a person is a person no matter how small, right? And a person is a person no matter how small. And pro-lifers love to use that line too, and it's an amazing one. A person is a person no matter how small. Well, the title of my message today is A Person is a Person No Matter How Big, okay? So he's small. He lives in our hearts. He's big. He occupies the entire universe. A person is a person no matter how big. He's God, the Holy Spirit, and he is a person. Okay, so what are the characteristics of a divine person? More than an influence, more than a force, what is this? It's possible to cultivate a relationship with him because he is a person. Um, I've been kind of brushing up on this subject, and I've been uh, reading a book by Dr. Fuchsia Pickett. How many of you know who Dr. Fuchsia Pickett is? Or heard her speak or heard her teach before you know, she passed away um, some years ago. Amazing, powerful woman of God. But she wrote a book called Understanding the Personality of the Holy Spirit. She said this in her book. She said, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as a divine personality is not only extremely practical, but also fundamental to our knowledge of God and our relationship to him. Anyone who knows God the Father and God the Son without having a true understanding of God the Holy Spirit has not attained to the Christian concept of God, nor has he come to the fullness of the Christian experience. Okay, that statement provokes me. That statement provokes me because I want to know God the Father. I want to know God the Son. But I want to walk in step, in harmony, in unity with the person of the Holy Spirit. Anybody else out there? Come on. So if a person isn't just someone with a body, what is a person? What are the unique characteristics of a personality? We're going to talk about that, okay? Number one, characteristics of a personality is a mind, okay? Holy Spirit has a mind. He's not just the power of God. He actually himself has a mind, thoughts, knowledge, okay? Um, it's, not in, it's in harmony with the Father and with the Son. It's in perfect unity with the, uh, the Father and with the Son, but it, it is unique to just the Holy Spirit, that he has his own thoughts separate from the Father and separate from the Son, okay? They're not in disagreement. They're in unity, but they are his own thoughts. Romans, <clears throat> we're going to go to Romans chapter 8, verses 26 uh, through 27. It says this. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Just pause right there. That's a really good portion of Scripture, by the way. How many need help? I need help. By the way, the, the Christian life, it isn't hard without the Holy Spirit. It isn't difficult without the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is impossible without the person of the Holy Spirit. If you're doing everything you can do within your own capacity as a human, I would say that you have not tapped into the, the, the power of the Christian life, Okay. The Christian life is not hard without the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is impossible without the person of the Holy Spirit. Thank God he helps us and our weaknesses, okay? Uh, we do new, how does he help us? We do, not, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Or I would say this, the Holy Spirit intercedes through us through wordless groans. If you look at the Greek, you could certainly, it could certainly be saying that. Uh, verse 27 and he who searches our hearts knows the, watch this, the mind of the Spirit, 
because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. Okay, did you see that? Knows the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, has a mind, okay? Um, he has thoughts. He has knowledge. The, the Greek word uh, for mind here is uh, pharnema. Pharnema. It, it means this. Uh, what one has in the mind, thoughts and purposes, includes ideas of thought, feeling, and purpose, okay? Again, Holy Spirit is not just a force, an entity. He is a person with his own thoughts, um, and he possesses knowledge. How, uh, how many of you want to know the thoughts of God? How many of you want to know the thoughts of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever just stopped and be like, Holy Spirit, what are you thinking about? What are you doing today? What's going on today? Holy Spirit, what's, what are you thinking about? I was actually, um, I was preparing this message, and I wasn't even really praying, like, Holy Spirit, what do you, th-? I mean, I actually kind of always praying while I'm doing a message. How many think I should, <laughs> I, I want to speak things I think God's saying to us. But I wasn't specifically asking, like, God, what are you thinking about right now? But um, as I'm preparing this message, um, Holy Spirit just dropped this thought in my mind that there are Christians in China, there are brothers and sisters in Christ, and they're being persecuted right now. They don't have the freedom of religion like we have. Did you guys know this? There's, there are pockets of Christianity around the world. They're heavily persecuted. And God just, in that moment, I've like, I thought about the Chinese church, but I, was, I didn't just think about them. Like I was struck with like, man, these are my brothers and sisters, and I have a love and affection in my heart towards them. And even just preparing this message, I paused for a minute and was like, Holy Spirit, thank you for these brothers and sisters of, of ours. God, I ask you to encourage them. God, I ask you to pour out your spirit upon them. You know, I ask you to give them favor. God is think. Holy Spirit is thinking thoughts. He's, he's, a, he's not just a force or an influence. He's thinking thoughts. Ask him. You can ask him right now. What is he thinking? Ask him about this message. Does he agree with it now? Okay. So Holy Spirit has thoughts. Okay, look at the very next verse, Romans 8, 28. It says this. And by the way, this is one of the most well-known and quoted verses of the entire Bible. Romans 8, 28. It says this. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is an amazing verse. It's a powerful verse. I'm thankful for it. Um, but many times we quote this verse without realizing the context that it's in. And I want to try to like, put this in context for you. This is a great verse for people who are going through something hard, right? Going through something difficult. God, all things work together for good. Those who love him are called according to his purpose. It's amazing encouragement. And it's amazing trump card verse. Like, well, that sucked, but hey, all things work together for good, right? <clears throat> in the end, I'm thankful for that verse. Thank God for it. But watch this, watch this verse in context. Okay, I'm going to read this all again. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do, not, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. What's my point? Have you ever made the correlation between the wordless groans of the Spirit in our heart and partnering with the intercession of the Holy Spirit and all things working out to a favorable outcome in your life, right? See, this verse doesn't, these, these uh, section of scripture isn't just saying like, we kind of just sit back and God's gonna pray for us, right? It's actually saying, because the Holy Spirit lives in you, there's those wordless groans. I don't know what to pray for. There's a situation I'm going through. God, how do I pray for this? What do I ask for? What do I pray for? The Holy Spirit gives us insight and many times there's those wordless groans. It's like, God, bless the church of China. God, pour out your spirit upon them, Right? So the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what to pray for. And then there's an unction of the Holy Spirit that rises up in our hearts. 
this is directly connected to all things in our life working out for the good, right? And so I want to encourage you as we develop a relationship with this personality, with the person of the Holy Spirit, that he will give you the words to pray. He will give you the things to say in a situation. How many know that when we go out into this world, um, there's sinners out there. There's sinners in here too, I guess. Um, but he, he gives you the words to say to people. For example, someone might know that the lifestyle they're living or the way they're going is totally wrong. And, and the Holy Spirit might say, you need to tell them what they're doing is wrong. That happens sometimes. Or sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, don't say anything about their sin. They just need to know that they're loved right now. Right? And then you just don't even look at that and you say, you know what? God loves you so much. You're amazing. He's a plan and purpose for you. Sometimes that's where people are at and that's what they need. How do you know the difference? You only know the difference by having a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. We need to be careful for just having pat answers for everything. Just having a standard like, well, I, I saw this apologetic person on TV and they said this given this situation and they had the perfect argument to go against that lifestyle or whatever that was. We need to be careful right? I don't mind being educated. I don't mind knowing, you know, the way people argue or reason or whatever. We need to be sensitive ourselves to the Holy Spirit because a word from the Holy Spirit through you is more powerful than a slick argument that you saw on the, or heard on the radio or saw on TV, okay? So we need the person of the Holy Spirit to know the difference. We want to be, walk in step and in unison with him. Okay, um, Let's look at another verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses uh, 10 and 11. It says this, these things, uh, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Okay, Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Okay, here we see that the Holy Spirit possesses all knowledge, and he's not just a, um, an influence that illuminates our minds to comprehend truth, but he, being a person himself, a divine being, knows all truth and can reveal truth to us. Okay, He's not just a channel to reveal truth. He, he knows all truth. He is all truth, and he reveals that truth to us, to us as a divine personality. Okay, so Holy Spirit has thoughts. Holy Spirit has knowledge. Holy Spirit has a mind. That's point number one. What's the second characteristic of a personality? Point number two is that the Holy Spirit has a will. Okay, he has a will. Um, we did baby dedications up here a minute ago. How many know that it won't take very long when you have a baby, you realize, oh, this baby has a will, right? <laughs> some, some babies have strong wills, some more, more compliant, right? But they all have a will. We all have a, a will, right? Um, <clears throat> We all have a wanter, right? We all have a wanter. Well, listen, Holy Spirit is a divine person. He also has a will. Um, uh, I'm going to read a section of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. This is Paul. He's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, something I will just say before we read this is Paul keeps stressing over and over that it's one spirit that gives these gifts of the Holy Spirit, Okay. So in this room, we have a lot of people with varying gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need each other, right? But it's one and the same Spirit who gives these gifts to us. The reason why Paul stresses and did this over and over to the church in uh, the Corinthian church is because he's speaking to a group of people who are familiar with polytheism. 
So when they saw like, oh, one person speaks in tongues, one person prophesies, one, <clears throat> one person has gifts of healing, they thought like, oh, there's a God who gives tongues, there's a God who gives prophecy, there's a different God who gives this gift and that gift. And he's saying, no, we're not, it's not a polytheistic thing. It's one, one in the same spirit who gives all these gifts. So this is why he's saying this, okay? Um, so let's read this. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the same spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Watch this, verse 11. But to one and the same spirit, but the one and the same spirit works all, th- all these things distributing to each individually as he wills or as he determines, okay? The Holy Spirit has a will. As he determines, he decided Melinda would be good at details, right? And that I wouldn't be as good about details, right? And he decided that Greg would be a great worship leader, and he didn't give me that gift, right? In, within this room, the Holy Spirit, as he wills, as he determines, as he made you, is, has and does distribute gifts as he determines. What's the point? He has a will, okay? Um, okay, that's point number two. Point number three, what is the last characteristic of a personality? Point number three is that Holy Spirit has emotions, feelings, thoughts, okay? This is another thing that makes you a person, is that you have emotions. Um, Romans chapter 15, verse 30, it says this. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus and by the love of the Spirit, okay, love of the Spirit. Holy Spirit has deep affection, deep emotion. To join me in my struggle by praying for me. Okay, here we see that the Holy Spirit has the capacity to engage in love. It's not just God the Father that loves you. It's not just God the Son that loves you by demonstrating that. It's actually God the Holy Spirit who also loves you intimately. He has, um, this word is agape. It's the God kind of love. It's the sacrificial kind of love. That's the type of love that the Holy Spirit has for you. Now, love isn't necessarily an, emo- um, an emotion, but it involves deep feelings and deep affections and deep emotions, and the Holy Spirit has them. Did you guys know God has emotions? God has emotions. Where do you think you got them? Right? You're made in the likeness and image of God. God has emotions. He's given them to you. Now, our emotions, they're not, they're not supposed to lead, but they can serve us. Like They, they kind of tell us how we're doing, Right? We're not supposed to lead, but God gave us emotions for a reason. Did you know that the Bible talks about God having joy at times? The Bible talks about God being angry at times. Listen, anger in and of itself is not sin. It can lead to sin, but anger in and of itself is not sin. At times, the Bible talks about God being excited. At times, the Bible talks about God actually being jealous. Did you know this? Did you know he's jealous for you? Did you know there's a holy jealousy in God for you? He had a holy jealousy for the people, or has a holy jealousy for the people of Israel. God, God has um, the emotion of amazement. Um, it, actually, Jesus in the Gospels, there were times, there were two things Jesus was amazed by that the Bible talks about. Jesus was amazed by people's great faith, and he was also amazed by their lack of unbelief. Two things that amazed Jesus, okay? That's an emotion. <clears throat> Here's the point an entity that thinks, that feels, and that wills is a person, is a personality, okay? And the God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. 
Why am I saying this? I'm saying this so that you think of him as someone to cultivate a personal, intimate relationship with you. He lives inside of us, right? God's spirit has been mingled with us. Moses knew his ways, but the children of Israel were only acquainted with his deeds. We want to be acquainted with both. All right. How many of you here, you have a best friend? Someone you're really close to. Best friend. Okay. This is someone, they know you really well. You know them really well. If you have a best friend, you should probably know some of their likes and their dislikes, right? You know some of the things they're into, some of the things they're not into. Um, I'll, I'll just, for example, on this front row, I'll take an example here. Um, Brie over here, she likes crafts. She's a crafter. She does not like it when you respond to a text message with like a thumbs up. She told me, she told me that. She likes, respond with a message with a message. She doesn't like the like, you know. So, um, Rob likes 80s music. Rob loves it. He likes dad jokes. He likes fart jokes too, by the way. <laughs> Rob hates t- tacky decorations. Okay. Greg loves fishing. He loves his family. Greg likes people, but he needs his introverted time. And Greg is a little bit of a coffee snob, so I've never seen him drink gas station coffee. Okay. <laughs> Okay, my wife, she loves guitar, she loves 14ers, she loves coffee, she loves sushi. She does not like deep conversations before the first cup of coffee in the morning. (laughs) I have learned that. Okay, Bryson over here. Bryson loves fishing, boy bands, (laughs) wrestling. He hates snakes and open bodies of water. Amanda likes books. Spreadsheets. Um, she throws really good kids' birthday parties. Generally speaking, generally speaking, she does not like new ideas. <laughs> On our staff, we have, we have the idea people. Look over here. Idea people, and then we have like the shut it down people over here. So we need them both, by the way. They're both great to have. Okay, Ben, he loves cycling. He's trying to be a vegan, but he really sucks at it because he loves meat. (laughs) He thinks real men should work hard, and I agree with him, and he hates my puns. Okay. Uh, Evan, I'm like, I feel like I'm roasting people right now. (laughs) Roasted, roasted, roasted. (laughs) Okay, Evan loves fishing, UFC, YouTube videos. I actually can't think of much that you don't like. You're not a negative person. So I put he doesn't like negativity. He's a very positive person here. Never hear him complain. Melinda likes missions. She loves the mountains. She's a detail person. She hates bad grammar, which is why she's in charge of taking these notes and uploading them on our website um, because she fixes my bad grammar. Okay. Uh, Leslie over here. She loves the Broncos. She does not like fake people. I don't think Adam's here. Yeah, he is here. No, he's not. I'm going to say this anyway. Adam loves scuba diving. What he doesn't like is women nursing in meetings. <laughs> Does not like it. He doesn't mind women nursing. He saw my notes yesterday. I said, Nur- women nursing in public. He texted me. He's like, that's not true. It's women who nurse in meetings. He says, and who store their bodily secretions in like public refrigerators. Like, doesn't like that. So that's Adam. Okay. Okay. 
If you know me, you know I love steak. I think mint is good for making your breath smell good, but I think it makes a terrible food. I don't like eating mint, but it is good for making your breath smell good, okay? Okay, what's my point? I know these people. I know their likes. I know their dislikes. I know some things about them. What about God the Holy Spirit? Does he have likes? Does he have dislikes? Okay, he does. He's not just a... He's not just a force or an entity, and he's not just like you. You might think, God, God's just like me. Like we, Many times we create a God in our own image. Like, God's like this. Someone says, God did this, and you're like, God would never do that. Well, I don't know. Maybe he would, because God's not you. We're supposed to become like him, though. Watch this. Ephesians 4, chapter 30, it says this. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay, Holy Spirit, the things he loves. In fact, we'll probably talk about this in the weeks to come, but did you know that when we give love to God, we give devotion to God, when we worship him, there's ways that the Bible says, worship God like this, like with singing and with lifting your hands. Like there's a way he wants, he says, this is how you worship, okay? He has likes, he has dislikes. He doesn't like jealousy, he doesn't like envy, he doesn't like greed. These are things he doesn't like. And if you really want to get a, a picture I mean, read the Bible. You can find out what things God likes, he doesn't like. But if you um, go to Ephesians 4.30, if you read 10 verses before that and 10 verses after that, you can come up with a list of here are things God likes, here are things he doesn't like. And it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10, it says this, find out what pleases the Lord. Okay, so we can read the Bible to kind of know what pleases the Lord. But it actually says, Paul says, hey, why don't you go in your own relationship with the Lord, find out what pleases him. Find out what he likes. Find out what he dislikes, okay? We have a person, the Holy Spirit, walking with us, and we, he can be grieved. Um, the, the word grieved, I'll just read this real quick. The word grieved means to express a deep um, emotional pain or sadness or even severe sorrow. Um, it is also, the same word is also used of a very, it is very intense, hence it is used of the pain of childbirth. So this same Greek word is used in other places in Scripture to talk about women in, in the pain of childbirth. It's that grievous thing. Okay, sometimes our actions can grieve the Holy Spirit. Sometimes our actions can please the Holy Spirit, okay? What's my point? He's not just a force or an influence. He's a person who wants to walk intimately with you every day, okay? I'll close, I'll close with this. You have a friend living within you. He has a mind he has a will, and he has emotions, okay? Our friend is powerful, our friend is sensitive, our friend is loving, our friend is wise. And our friend, the Holy Spirit, wants more than anything to have an intimate, personal relationship with you, okay? Let's find out what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he wants to say, what he wouldn't say, amen? Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.